Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Huge thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. A really busy post-Liberation Day pod for you this week. Guernsey's 10-year wait for an Upton win is over. Reaction to a Super Saturday for St Martins to come. We'll also hear from Guernsey FC's Player of the Season. Kez Mahon was the big winner at their awards night on Sunday. An interview with him coming up. We'll also hear from the first female coach to lead a men's age group team to the title. A full interview with Sylvan's under-16 coach Anna Govine coming up. Staying with Sylvan's news this weekend that Prio coach Martin Degari has stepped down. Reaction to that to come. As well as to the end of Manza who bowed out of local football altogether on Saturday. Uh, plus there's more good news for Maya Letizia, more cup football to look ahead to and plenty more besides. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me this week is Rob Batiste. Hi Tony. And James Fallot. Hi Tony. Uh, great to see you both. Good liberation days all round. Not too bad. In the office. <laughs> yeah, working hard, as ever. Um, we've got to start with St Martins, haven't we? Um, at last, something to cheer about when it comes to inter-island football this season. Uh, they beat St Clement 2-0 at the track to lift the Upton for the 12th time in their history, uh, drawing them level with Jersey St Paul's and First Tower. Uh, behind only North now, uh, Guernsey's first Channel Island champions since North in 2012. Here's what their coach, Leon Meakin, told us at full time. Channel Island champions, and uh, that's what we've worked hard for for the last, you know, five six years. Uh, John and I, um, it's, yeah, the whole squad as well. They've, they've worked so hard, and it, you know, fully deserved, I think. Talk us through the um, story of the match, then, just from your perspective. Yeah, I think first half we were completely dominant. We probably should have scored a, a couple more goals, um, and you know, we played so well. We we expected St Clement to change something in the second half, and they they appeared to match us up, and uh, we almost kind of switched off. I think after our second goal scored so early in the second half, and it was almost a bit comfortable then, and, and that invited them back in. And they, I thought they were brilliant. Uh, really, really played well for that last half hour, and put us under loads of pressure. Uh, but as we have been all season, we're resilient. We, we'll stick in there. We'll fight for every ball, and uh, you know we've won. So uh, that's the main thing. You know, you've been fighting on a lot of fronts this season unbeaten in the Premier League but was the Upton the one that you're really targeting? Yeah uh, well they're all big games so whenever we come to a game we want to win that one but the Upton is obviously the, the big one Channel Island champions and you know we, we've, we've ticked that off now and uh, three more cups we're still in uh, but you know I don't think the boys will be tired they'll, they'll be running on adrenaline and, and enjoying this feeling of winning trophies so roll on our next game Tuesday. Just finally a word on Jason Martin he yeah. sort of put you through the full gamut of emotions there a couple of eccentric moments should we say but a couple yeah. of unbelievable saves as well. Yeah I mean goal Goalkeepers are a strange breed, but uh, he's, he's brilliant. He's, I think he's the island's best goalkeeper. He's made two or three really outstanding saves there to keep it uh, to 2-0. Um, and yeah, he's been outstanding all season. Um, Jason's a brilliant goalkeeper and you know part of a brilliant team. So uh, yeah, he's, he's great, but I was a bit up and down with him at times. <laughs> Leon Meek in there. Um, let's start with the game itself, shall we? Goals from Callum Lalasha and Dom Yomi. Either side of the break were enough for Leon's side, along with some outstanding saves from Jason Martin. Rob, what did you make of what you saw? Well, I thought it was a great performance by Saints. They Typical Saints performance in many ways. They um, dug in where they needed to and their resilience won them the game. We've seen over the last couple of years, time and again, they've been under the cosh for large periods of games, sometimes outplayed, and yet they've held on. They've got fantastic spirit, fantastic um, mental toughness, as well as a physical toughness, and it got them through again. Yeah, they might have been some way clear in that first half. Um, but at the end, as you say, a big part of holding on was Jason Martin. Leon's just described him as the best goalkeeper in Guernsey. Do you agree? Yep, I certainly do. I mean, there are periods where I've been very impressed by Nick Batiste um, the last couple of years. Um, 
and his periods of form where he has pushed Jason very hard. But no, he is, he's, in many ways, he's a bit of a, like Steve Carlion, you know, similar size, perhaps fractionally s- smaller, but he's got one hell of a leap on him. And, you know, he made some brilliant reflex saves again on Saturday. Really like him. Yeah, he's lightning quick, isn't he, in the reflexes. One particular save from a corner in the second half from sort of point-blank range, which he somehow got a hand to and tipped it over the bar, was um, was pretty special. I think that was one of um, uh, St Clement's problems, wasn't it? Yeah, they had two excellent chances where somebody didn't want to pull the trigger, you know, and eventually Jason was able to kind of close it down and, and make some kind of reflex save. But, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, there was probably four or five top-class saves, which sounds ridiculous for a game that for an hour was pretty relatively simple for for St Martins you know it was kind of they you know just did what they had to do and they were going through the gears and and winning the game quite comfortably and then suddenly almost without realizing that the game was slipping away from them it started slipping away from them um I think uh St Clement you know clearly their substitutions made them better um uh, Saints lost uh, a bit of em- a bit of impetus in midfield, I think, as the game went on. Uh, you know, and I suppose there's also that natural: you two goals up and you, and you drop back, uh, with, and then suddenly, you know, Jason, you know, oh, that's a good save, that's a good save. <laughs> suddenly, he's made half a dozen great saves and and deserves to win man of the match. Uh, you know, it was just quite quite curious really when you know uh, but you know great great for saints really great for um uh, for them and uh, also good positive day for guernsey football good crowd and everybody was happy with the result much needed yeah fantastic celebrations in the sun at full time st clement's first appearance of course in an upturn which i guess speaks to the, the sort of changes that have been happening in jersey football in the last year or two i mean Jim, how significant a moment is this for Channel Islands football that after 10 years, Guernsey has got a winner again in the Upton? Does it sort of, is the circle complete now, a kind of decade on from GFC's formation? Are we rebalanced uh, in terms of inter-island competition? Yeah, I, I think so. I hope we are. I mean, I still think when you see inter-island games taking place in, in cup competitions in earlier rounds, the standout thing to me is not that they have better players. Jersey teams just seem to be better organised. I agree. And, you know, and they, they seem to have a real structure to their play. People know their jobs and they just go in and do it. Whereas, you know, in Guernsey terms, so often you, and maybe doing the coaches a massive disrespect, but so often it almost feels like people are making it up as they go along. Uh, and, you know, and you just get over, you know, these teams overpower uh, Guernsey teams in cup competition. But to see that we ended up with three um, three semi finalists in the Wee Way, which was great. I mean, only one in the uh, Jeremy, you know, largely a disappointment, I guess. But um, you know, it, it's it, it's nice to see, and I think it's also nice to see that, if you like, from a Guernsey perspective, that the Bulls have now seem to settle down their own league because when they first started it seemed an awful lot of players were playing for Bulls and for their clubs which I guess and originally when GFC started that's what a lot of people expected and suddenly this group of 15 players effectively turned their backs on GFA football and and you know never or rarely ever played so yeah I mean I think uh, you know it's the rebalancing that we wanted to see and now all these cups uh, competitions that have you know praying for a victory now we're genuinely uh, hopeful for one yeah and as occasions I guess they're very much alive again it was a really good crowd at the track and going forward it's got to be good for Guernsey football as a whole um, you know across the levels the fact that you know people can look forward to these fixtures again and, and expect a good contest yeah they certainly were badly missed over that Covid period you know we've long 
loved the inter-island rivalry, club rivalry, as well as the actual, the main Marathis, whatever the sport. And um, it's just great to see it back and us doing quite so well because for years and years, to be honest, we were second best so often, you know, um, not only this last 10 years when GFC had been formed, before then even, you know, apart from the odd year when it was, I think of 2011 when St Martins had that super team, you know, our record in the Jeremy and the Wee Way going back 25 years ago was very, very average. And um, for a long, long time, Jersey clubs always seemed to have this sort of greater mental strength, greater organisation and, and a little bit more power. We've always been a little bit, I don't know, perhaps it's our nature. Perhaps we're just a lot, a bit softer than Jersey with their imports. You know, they've got that, that, they've got that edge. But I will say, I always prefer to see Guernsey teams play because they do behave themselves a lot better than Jersey sides, who tend to be a bit on the mouthy side, let's face it, and, you know, tend to be far more... Um, Typical of what you see on the telly, you know, of getting in the referees' faces, doing, and, I, and to be honest, it does sicken me a lot. That's that's been the case in the age group Marassis we've seen so far this year, but I didn't feel it was the case on Saturday. Actually, St Clement it didn't massively impress me, to be honest. But they were, yeah, okay, functional side. You know, they've been plenty of better Jersey League winners than oh, that, but, by, uh, by a long short, yeah. but, but fair play to them for, uh, for, you know, getting through the season and doing it for the first time as well. And they'll only, uh, hopefully they'll come back stronger from their point of view. Yeah. And good to see a new name kind of in contention and in the mix there. And they brought over a good number of supporters as well. who <laughs> were quite vocal on the sidelines, but you know, it all adds to it, doesn't it? Well, for Saints, there's plenty more to play for. You mentioned the Jeremy and the Wee Way. Um, they're in both of those still. So, uh, yeah, plenty more silverware to Clean be won sweet. for them. Uh, we'll be following them every step of the way, of course. Um, right, that's it for part one. Uh, coming up next, Anna Govine. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks uh, once again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Big supporters of local sport in general, and it's very much appreciated. Uh, now to youth football, where we've seen a first for Guernsey football uh, this season. Anna Govine is the first female coach to lead a team to a league title after her Sylvans under-16s clinched their Ravenscroft League last week. A milestone moment in a 10-year journey for her and her squad. I caught up with her to find out just what it means to her and what's next. Yeah, no, I'm really pleased with them. It's been uh, quite a good season, actually. Uh, games have been challenging and, uh, yeah, no, we've, we've got some good results. We've had a bit of luck in some of the games and scrapes through some, but I guess that's what makes you even better and make it a bit more interesting. Just talk us through the sort of story of the season then um, and, and kind of what it came down to in the end. Yeah, so it came, we still got a game to play, so we had a bit of comfort in that that we could have probably waited till next week. But uh, yeah, we had a game against Saints on uh, Tuesday night and really had to draw a win or get a result. Um, we knew it wasn't going to be easy. Saints are second, they've all challenged us all season. We did have a good game against them, uh, middle of the season, had a comfortable win, but. You know, only a couple of weeks ago it was a three-all draw, so, yeah, we really had to have some quality on the night and, yeah, came through on top in the end. It was 1-1 at half-time, so, yeah, we are like, do we hold it or do we go for it? And, yeah, we, we thought we, we would go for it and, yeah, it paid off. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Can you pick out any of the, the youngsters that have particularly stood out for you this season? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, we have to give a shout-out to the goalkeeper. He's... Uh, 
He's faced eight penalties and saved them all. So there was a penalty on the night, yeah, on Tuesday, and he saved it. And, you know, that, that's changed games for us. So Tom has been, yeah, outstanding for us, and he's, he's just been really good all round as well. That must be some aura to have now at that age, to just yeah. think you're invincible. Yeah, Tom gets a penalty, we're like, it's going to be saved. But, yeah, it's good. Is he free for the Marathi? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've also had some of the youngsters from the year below come up, uh, Shout out to Jack Griffin who um, stepped up. He's he's played all the games for us, and he's, you know, we were missing that striker probably last few seasons. So he's come in, and yeah, he's been outstanding. Um, definitely won some games for us. But you know, it's been a whole squad um, season. We've used everybody. They've all stepped up. They've played different positions as well. You know, we've had a few. Um, unavailability due to COVID and injuries so you know everyone's played a part uh, we haven't always been able to use the under 15s because of uh, Marathi commitments and then they've had their own games so yeah the the under 16s themselves have proved themselves as well it's, it wasn't just about the youngsters that came and played up so you know it's been brilliant. And how long have you been coaching this particular group? Well, yeah, so from year two, so six years old, um, standing on the sideline watching my son play football and just got involved. Uh, obviously got a footballing background anyway, um, playing ladies football and then the whole family's involved. So had a bit of experience and knowledge, but never did I think that I'd be stood here now still coaching them at under 16. So, yeah, it's been 10 years in the making. So, you know, at the... It was a group of friends playing from La Huguette School at Sylvan's that I got involved with and stuck with it. Yeah, it just goes <laughs> to show that. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show the sort of bond that coaches build up with teams as you go through the age groups. Yeah, I mean, there was some chat about whether you're the first woman to, to coach a, an age group side to an island title. I don't know whether anyone's been able to find um, anyone to kind of take that crown off you. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't think that anyone has I mean there's been female coaches coaching ladies teams but you know this is mixed football um, mostly boys so we we do have a girl training with us and she's played a few games but yeah no a youth mixed team I think perhaps I am the only female to even be coaching let alone win anything so you know I, I don't look at it like that anyway at the end of the day I'm a coach and the boys respect that um, I've been supported by male coaches all the way through so you know we've had a mix um hasn't just been me all the time so yeah it's supported by the senior coaches as well always just telling me to carry on and doing a good job and the club's been really supportive of that as well so yeah uh doing my level one and level two coaching so that's all been supported by sylvan so couldn't Fantastic. have done it without them either, so it's been great, yeah. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I mean, uh, over those, whatever is it, 10 years now, um, have you ever encountered any resistance to, to the fact that you're women coaching, um, you know, in, in what is predominantly, a, you know, a boys no, kind of I set think, of leagues? I think um, because I started at such a young age group and I've gone through, I've got to know the coaches and nobody has treated me any different. Um, it's been a bit of banter as well, so not not a female thing, just, uh, you know, banter about the matches and the, the opposition. So, no, I have not had any resistance at all, whether that's because I've been in football a long time and, you know, they respect that. Um, I've also done K2 
coaching qualifications as well. So, yeah, it's not just a lady stood on the sideline, if you like. It's somebody that's put a lot of time and effort into the game and, yeah, and the kids and committed. So, same as any other male coach would have probably, so... And is the plan to stay with them into under-18s next year? Uh, the plan is to stick with them with under-18s, definitely um, that group of players. I say every year, you guys still want me? And, and they're like, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they're not, not getting rid of me yet. <laughs> um, but obviously that some of those players will then go into senior football, so it'll probably be a slightly different squad. Some of those players will be challenging for pre-A's places. Um, so probably using some of the youngsters as, again, the under-15s or they'll be under-16s. So I'll be supported by their coach and, yeah, uh, we'll see where that takes us. But, yeah, no, they're not getting rid of me yet. <laughs> <laughs> and you're obviously taking, you know, as you say, you're taking your coaching qualifications, so you're progressing with your coaching. I mean, could you ever see yourself coaching a, a, an adult side, whether it's on the, the women's side or, you know, even the men in a Premier League setup? Yeah, I'm... I'm really keen to get back involved in women's football, um, but my first commitment is here with the boys at Sylvans, um, see where that takes us, and then after that maybe put some more time back into the women's game, but um, you know, I can. they've got their Marathi coming up in a couple of weeks, and, and they've got the coaches in place already, I'll be there supporting, and um, yeah, if they need me in a few years' time, we'll maybe have these conversations. Yeah, brilliant. Have you followed their progress closely? Obviously, they've had the league set up this year for the first time in a little while, which is great news, obviously, going into the Marathi. Um, do you get a sense of, of how well things are progressing with women's yeah. football in Guernsey? I mean, I know some of the players, so um, I'm often asking questions. Um, yeah, I, from what I hear, there's some great youngsters that have come through the ranks. I'm actually involved in um, some of the younger year groups, so under 12s, and you know they're looking bright and, and good as well. So, yeah, the, the hard work's starting to pay off, I think. Um, you know, they've played a couple of games last season in the, uh, or even the season before in the Channel Island League, so they know what Jersey's about, and hopefully they've they've got. Um, good preparation and, and they'll do well hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. And just back here at Sylvan's, it's been a pretty big week. We've got the under-14s playing behind you, so by the yeah. time this goes out on the podcast, we'll know what the result is there in their league. But yeah. over the course of the, the two nights previously, obviously your under-16s have won the title, followed up by the under-15s on uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's been great. Um, yeah, the under-16s haven't had much success over the last few years. They've been there and thereabouts, but definitely under-15s and 14, that year group, they, they've been doing really well throughout the last couple of years. So it's really pleasing to see that they've stuck together and got, getting the results still and um, facing new challenges because the other clubs are starting to figure them out a little bit. And obviously they, the under-14s have moved up to 11 aside, so that's a bit of a, a change for them as well, a new experience. So... But no, um, all the way through minis and youth, you know, Sylvan's got great coaches in place, um, attracting new players as well, which is good, not necessarily from other clubs, but um, people moving to the island, they're always asking, you know, some of our year groups are full now for minis, we don't like to oversubscribe, so... Yeah, it, it's really good and a really nice place to be. Yeah, brilliant. And obviously you're one of the cogs in the kind of coaching wheel up here. What, what is it that the club's getting right then on that, on that front? What's making it an attractive place to play? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we were having a coaches meeting the other night and we were all just saying how um, well we all get on and we're all talking, so you're looking down at the group below and looking at the group above. And I think that there's some really good transition. You know, it's um, a smooth process for anybody that's playing and then moving up through the year groups. Um, you know, our philosophy is that we're inclusive, but, you know, we also like to challenge our players, so... You know, I think it, it's a really good environment. Well, it's great to see, and it's obviously reaping the rewards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on the uh, yeah the league win, and uh, yeah, we we'll look forward to seeing how your under 18s go on next year. Yeah, we've got the Upton to play um, next Sunday, the 15th. So, again, that's another challenge for them, and another a tick off the box for me to be involved in an Upton. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, thanks a lot. Anna Govine speaking to me there. Uh, Jim, you've been involved in running local football in various guises for some time, of course. I mean, how big a moment is it to have a woman coaching a title-winning team? I'm really pleased for Anna. She's been uh, involved in uh, football locally for a long time in various roles, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, a good result for for her and her team. Um, something actually that you know that we want to see much more of in Guernsey football. We're still a little bit behind the curve uh, in. The ladies' game, certainly at the top level, I think the juniors is, is making good progress. But actually, you know, more women in, in roles uh, across football, you know, uh, female referees. We've had a few over the years, but we haven't got any at the moment. Um, you know, more female coaches, more females involved in uh, running the women's game and then you know, the men's and boys games as well. So it'd be good to see. No, it is great to see. Potential Prio coach of the future? Why not? Why not? I mean, we've seen in the UK Emma Hayes being touted as being possible Chelsea manager, um, and she's obviously very tough. Um, probably, and I'm sure up to it. But um, I don't, I don't see it happening too soon. But why not? Well, as she says there, she's going to be uh, moving on uh, with the team next season, taking them into the under 18. So, best of luck there. Um, got an Upton to come as well with that under 16 side. And just a word on uh, what she said there about her keeper. Uh, he saved eight penalties out of eight this season, which is uh, quite a remarkable uh, achievement. So, um, yeah, potentially a, a Jason Martin of the future there. Must be a record, that's for sure. Well, Anna might get some more experience at the top end of local club coaching next season because Sylvan's have announced over the weekend that Martin de Gari uh, is stepping down with Mike Garnett and John Collinette staying on to lead the Prio squad. Uh, bolstered, the club said, uh, by assistance from coaches from the senior youth coaching staff. Uh, Rob, what was your reaction to this news? Great surprise, I must admit, when I saw that. Um, but I immediately spoke to Digger and found out what, found out what it was all about. And it was no great dis, no gr- dissatisfaction with the club and his, his role. Well, I think, you know, things in, in the background are, are developing. And, um, you know, I think he's got something on, on the work front, which is very important to him, which he needs to concentrate on. And, um, you know, you're feeling, feeling he, can't, he can't really do both. And... Um, and I think it's a fair call. He's done probably about four years in this stint, put an awful lot of work into it, always held himself very, very well. You know, not a ra- he's not one of those coaches who rages very often and, um, you know, very very respected up in the, in the local game and done a wonderful job in developing Sylvans in recent times. And um, I think he deserves to have a break. I'm sure he'll come back at some stage. Yeah, I don't know how much uh, assistance he gets from his two assistants, though they're, they're clearly they're highly qualified as well. But, you know, people, it's easy to underestimate what a big job it is to, uh, to run a Prio team. You know, you're uh, doing training twice a week, games once a week. 
uh, other behind the scenes stuff, some admin, uh, and, and of course your players are expect or you know you've got to be man managing as well, and your players are expecting the highest standard of, of coaching to bring the best out of them. You know that's a uh, that's a massive package that uh, that people have to pull together. Yeah, definitely a good shift from Digger over those last four years. Um, yeah, Sylvans have been been really impressive in, in spells, haven't they? And yeah, and definitely sh- progressed in that time. I'm sure you'll you know can look back at last year's FA Cup win, which was a really glorious occasion for Sylvans, as being a high and something which was really richly rewarded, I think, for Digger in his second, well, his latest spell, I should say, as Sylvans' first team coach, because there have been a couple before. Yeah, and to another departure from local football, albeit a more permanent one, Manza, uh, Rupert Sylvans at the weekend, signing off uh, for this season and for good. Um, I know we've spoken a lot about them, but I'm sure that as far as football goes was a fairly poignant afternoon for them. Yeah, but um, it's been on the cards for quite a while. Um, I think even Mark, Mark Romero would have admitted a couple of years ago that Manza were never going to be a, a club are going to be here making, you know, clocking up 50 years, 100 years, or anything like that. But they've done themselves pretty proud, you know. They've um, generally finished in the top half of the table or around about that. You know, they've very, very rarely been um, beaten heavily. They've, you know, pushed the best sides very hard on many occasions and generally have been a credit to the league. But of course, in the end, what's found them out really is, you know, the fact that they've um, um, didn't have enough players at that level and they were sort of, you know, dependent on the GS, using some GSC players. Their model, um, you know, didn't quite work, but um, fair play to them for having a go. And I think it probably will be the last club we will see enter the Prio League um, as a sort of a, a want, you know, in, in that fashion of somebody who hasn't got a youth team and hasn't got a, their own their own ground, which they own. And I think those are the problems, really. Um, I think we're going to be going forward with the eight teams for, for quite a considerable time. Yes, infrastructure is, uh, <clears throat> is the word that springs to mind, really. I think the, you know, Manza had a very good first team, but effectively they bolted on another entire team as their second team and then for a while they had another new team that came on block as their third team the problem there is you've got people who aren't necessarily feeling part of the club they're getting football at their level but when the club wants them to play up into the division one into the prio and those players don't want to do it you know then suddenly you realize that they're not actually part of the furniture and um, you know and that's where the, the cracks start to show yeah, absolutely. Um, Rob, with your new Rangers hat on, are you going to be getting on the bat phone, so to speak, and uh, calling some of those players? No, it's, um, <laughs> it's not the end of the season and we're going to play by the rules. And um, so um, we, we shall see what comes out of um, this season and in terms of recruitment. But um, there are one or two players there, I'm, you know, I'm sure that most clubs would like and... Um, Rangers may well be one of them, you never know. Valrec is uh, seen as the favourite, I think, to capture a majority of those players. That's the word on the street. Well, we'll see how things develop over the summer. Um, before we talk to UFC, a quick word on Mayor Letizia, who's been named as Brighton's Young Player of the Season. Huge congratulations to her. And quite something, really, to see both her and Alex Scott winning that award at their respective clubs. Uh, now, one man who will be hoping to follow in those footsteps is Ben Acey, the Bristol-bound midfielder, was named Guernsey FC's Young Player of the Year at their season 
season end due on Sunday night. He also picked up the goal of the season award for that classy curled effort against Staines Town. Um, but the big winner of the night was Kez Mahon. He walked away with both the coaches and players player of the year award after a standout season in the middle of the park for the Green Lions. Here's what he had to say to me on the night. Nah, it's, it's been awesome, mate. This season's literally like... I've been like just thinking about injuries, really. So I'm worried about when my next injury is going to come. But this season, like, I think my life balance and everything just... It's just balanced itself out. And, yeah, I've got through the season. I felt really fit. And, like, yeah, like, I've been putting big numbers in on the, on, the, on the stats and everything like that. But, yeah, I've just felt like... I felt like I've been doing what I should be doing for years and years back in the day. But... It's nice, and I think next, I think we've had like a really hard run this season. But I think next season, I think we're going to actually push on and like like Doddy, what Doddy said in the end of his. Uh, yeah, little, he said we're going to yeah, get promoted next yeah, year. Yeah, to be fair, I think like playoffs, playoffs is a sensible. It's like do you know what I mean. It's there. It's there to be done. So, yeah, I think we'll be there. I think we'll be there if, if we keep everyone fit. Obviously, we're, we're going to lose AC, but we got Keane we got Jacko. I don't know what Jacko's going to be doing next season, but Jacko's still there. And you've got Liam coming back in. We, we've, we've, got an awesome, we've got an awesome team, so I think we'll be, I think we'll be there and abouts for sure. If, like, and we haven't got to do those catch-up games where it's three games a week where yeah. everyone can't even train. Do you know what I mean? Like us old boys like me, <laughs> me Ross, Doddy, Pedders and that, we can't, we can't do that. So we're literally playing game after game after game. But, yeah, how's the body after Oh, no, that? yeah. So there's, like, there's, no gym, there's no gym. Like I used to do the gym all the time, but... There's no gym. It's literally like game, recover, and the next minute you're playing a game after two days. But it's been awesome, mate. Yeah, it's been awesome. And, and you said up there, you know, both times that the fact that you've managed to get to the end of the season still in one piece, still fit, actually finished the season, yeah. has been a big part of it. I mean, has that allowed you to build that sort of consistency to the game and actually kind of get to know your role a bit better? And, yeah. and you know, you, you've been getting goals as well this season? Yeah, I think, I think it's been a bit of both. I think like, at the start of the season, we played a bit of a 4 3 3. So I had the license a lot more to push on forward. And then we changed our way through the season when it went 4 4 2, me and Jacko. And we, we, we done really well. We're obviously picking up results and stuff like that. But yeah, 4 4 2, obviously, like, yeah, driving on and pretty much fancy just saying, get in the box, get in the box every, every cross. But I've been fit enough to do that. So the chances have been falling for me and I've been taking them. So. And the way you stroke a ball as well, you know, you, you hit it so clearly. You probably could have had a few more this season. You, hit, yeah. what, you know, they've been coming off the inside of the post there and across the goal. Yeah, I've been unlucky. I should be on like six or seven, <laughs> six or seven, really. But yeah, that happens in football, doesn't it? So. And it's nice to see someone recognised as well. You know, obviously, Russ Allen is always giving the headlines for getting so many goals. But, you know, yeah. you, you've kind of, you've always done the dirty work so well in, in midfield, worked so hard and, and, you know, won the tackles. Yeah. As I say, you've been getting some goals as well this season. But for you to be recognised in this way, how, how much does that mean? No, it's, it's a credit off the lads and that, do you know what I mean, to be fair. It's been awesome. And like in training, yeah, I always do put it in because I always want, always want to sweat, I always work, I want to get better and better and better. And that's, that's just been like the routine of my life. But obviously it's been cut short, but I'm trying to make up time now and just do what I can do, really. And like, yeah, I've had a lot of assists this season as well, so it's been... It's been good, yeah. Fantastic. And just awesome. for you personally as well, when you have a season like this, is it an extra motivator next year to go and push on again? Yeah, massively. Like, especially if we keep most of the group we got now. And I think most of like, even like the old boys, like Doddy, Pedders, they want, they want to go one more season. And then even Ireland Games next season, then maybe we'll, we'll see what happens. But 
it'll be it'll be I think next season's a massive season for us and I think like like Doddy said, we should be in playoffs next season. 100%. Just finally hundred percent. Yeah, just finally one big game to come this year. Have you got enough left in the tank to, to make a difference in that one? Yeah, that's 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 the biggest game that's the biggest game of my season. That's and I'm gonna hit it hard. So if I'm in that starting team, I only give it everything I've got. Oh sure. congratulations again Thanks tonight. Very yeah. Much. Cheers. Thanks very much. Well, other winners at St. Pierre Park included Jacob Fallis, who picked up the Fans Player of the Year award. Uh, head steward Steve Mai was recognised with the Mark Letissier Trophy for outstanding contribution. And there was recognition too for young commentary duo Saj Rahman and Harry Jones for their efforts over the season. Um, good to see them recognised there. It was a top night, um, well organised as ever. And one thing that did stand out was the talk about next season. There definitely seems to be a real sense um, from players and coaches um, that the club are ready to kick on captain Jamie Dodd even going as far to say he thinks they should be uh, aiming for promotion uh, next season um, from some of the other whispers we've heard Rob um, we could be in for an exciting campaign yeah I think Tony Vance uh, has got the bit between his teeth he's been in charge for a long time and I think in his last year or so um, he really wants to have a, a real crack at pushing on and taking the club forward after you know after a few years of being quite stagnant you know and treading water um he's got some pretty big ideas i think and um whether they're all come off i don't know but um, i'm sure i'm if he if he gets what he i believe he if he wants i think there's a fair chance that gfc will be serious challenges next year but i think that may well cost guernsey fc's um treasurer a few bob for that to happen well, let's wait and see um, what happens at GFC over the summer. Definitely an interesting time for them. Uh, right, I think that's just about it. We've got the Stranger Cup final at Blanche Pierre Lane tonight. Guernsey's under-18s uh, up against North. So that'll be an interesting one. Uh, an FA Cup semi-final as well tonight involving Saints and Rovers. Um, on Saturday, uh, Saints back in action again in the Jeremy uh, semi-final. And we'll be back next week with our full Marathi preview. It's almost that time. Before we go, though, uh, a word, Rob, from you. Um, you were at the Upton on Saturday. Everyone will know, or most people will know, that you are hanging up the uh, hanging up the pen uh, and notepad um, in the next few days. Um, but you're up at the Upton on Saturday, as I say, your final sort of big football match um, that you're going to be covering for us. Uh, yeah, what was that like? Well, it was great to be honest. So I found myself in a really Great spot in the sun, having first sampled the the, the chill of the track stand um, where I perished the previous week. So it was a nice afternoon to go out in, to be honest. It was um, very, very comfortable and seeing a good Guernsey team performance that really sort of cheered me. So I was in, I left there in a very, very good mood. And um, yeah, so um, it's been good fun. I really enjoyed it. um, but now I'm looking forward to watching football on the, my own terms from going going on. And um, But I wish everybody well. And I thank everybody for being generally very, very nice to me over many years. And, um, yeah, and um, it's been, as I say, it's been a whole lot of fun. And um, But I won't be going away altogether. Yeah, Jim, don't embarrass him, but um, it's going to leave a big hole. Yeah, um, your 45 years of experience, you know, is is not to be sniffed at. And I think, you know, it's, it's the experience and knowledge that uh, that sets our sports team apart from, um, you know, fr- from the others in, in the field locally. Um, you know, what I really admire about Rob is that after 45 years, he's never lost his edge at all, whether that's... Um, uh, uh, 
criticising uh, players uh, or administrators or just coming up with new, with new ideas for uh, for stories uh, and and features. And I think that is a is a real uh, feather in the cap to be able to keep on operating at your highest level for for forty five years. So uh, it's great respect from the all of the Guernsey Press team. Well, I don't know if Rob knows this yet, but I think we're hoping to record a special podcast before you uh, walk out the door, Rob, to, to try and capture some of those news to me. memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going anywhere yet. Um, and hopefully you'll be around to, to feature on this uh, football podcast going forward uh, from time to time at least. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, um, yeah, enjoy. Um, we'll see you soon. Um, we'll hopefully have you for the Marathi preview next week because that is going to be a big one. Um, stay tuned. Do give us a follow on social media. Everyone um, at GSY Press Sport is the place to go. And of course, uh, with or without Rob, pick up a paper six days a week for the very best local football coverage uh, with the Guernsey Press. Uh, cheers, guys. Cheers, Tom. All the best. Thank you. Bye.